0: Welcome to the One Piece podcast that is known as The Reluctant Cruise. I am one of your hosts. My name is Brian, and with me is Steve.
1: I just made a cheesecake.
0: (laughs) I'm very hungry, so that actually doesn't help the situation for me, but that sounds good. I thought you were Brian, not hungry.
2: No, that's the country,
0: Hungary. I can be multiple things. Uh, and also what this is Clinton. Slash. That's my
2: good fact on the other podcast we reported. So I'm a lot less angry that an EZE Funko Pop exists. Now I'm just laughing because of the funny video of the Dodgers losing. Though I am technically rooting for the Dodgers. It's still a very funny loss. Everyone should look that up. Enjoy One Piece.
0: It's a pretty bad loss. It was a very, like, literally the very last fucking batter that they needed. This actually ties into what the fuck we were talking about at the beginning of the uh, episode, wasn't it? Were they the bottom or the top? Not the beginning of this episode, last episode.
2: Uh, I think it was the bottom.
0: Actually, I don't think we were even recording for that part. But yeah. And we had a conversation about this. <sighs> yeah, so fucking... The fucking World Series, man. What a time. When
1: well, does it doesn't even involve half the other world?
0: It doesn't involve most of the world. It involves like two countries at most. You know what also doesn't involve the rest of the world? The East Blue. I don't know about that. That's one hell of a segue. I know. Let's start the episode recap then. Yeah. <laughs> For sure.
2: So I will be taking the reins of this one because this is a very... Very special episode for me, and we'll get some context at the end. But anyway, last time, we left our friends, and our friend is Nami, and she's right in front of her house. And it is the present time, as her flashback is done. And unfortunately, the scheming marine captain Nezumi, Mr. Ratface himself, accompanied by Genzo, gets to Nami's house. he's just like, So yeah, you uh you stole some shit from all these pirates, huh? So like, I don't care that you stole from pirates, they're pirates, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna take that because we're the Marines. Nami's just like having a breakdown moment. She's like, No, what the fuck? Like, why now of all time? I forget if I touched on this in the previous scene or not, but uh, well, she starts to use Arlong's name. She's like, Look, I work for the Arlong pirates, so I don't know why y'all are here, but if you haven't heard, you should probably uh, get the fuck out. Eventually, the Marines just start going around, and they're like, You know what? Fuck it, search the property. She's like, "Nah, get out of here." But then Genzo is like, "No, Nami, look, we know we, we've known this whole time. You've been saving up money. Just let us help you. Like, you know, we we we've known you've been trying to fight for this whole time." And she's like, "Well, why didn't you tell me?" He's like, "Well, we pretended not to know so you wouldn't worry about us." But then Nojiko also arrives, and she's like, "What the fuck are the Marines doing? Like, don't you have other more serious things to deal with?" Besides so just, you know. Someone stealing from pirates, and Nezumi just keeps laughing it off because we know, but they do not know just yet. They're about to find out. Right then, he's just like, "You guys aren't on as equal footing as you think you are." And then Nami's like, "What are you talking about?" And then everyone kind of realizes it at the same time, and they're like, "No fucking way!" And they're like, "Yeah, Arlong was the one who told and paid off Mister Mister Nezumi, our marine friend here." And they're just like, "God damn it!" And Nami just has this like breaking moment where she's like. Like, what the fuck? Like, everything she's worked for since she was, you know, the last eight years it's all potentially about to fly down the toilet. And uh, right as that kind of happens, a, a marine, very timely, finds the chest where all the Nami's treasure and loot is hidden, basically, underground. And she's like, no, no, leave it the fuck alone. But then Nojiko and Genzo try and uh, hold her back. He's like, no, like and just like, like, let me go, and she's trying to walk forward. But then, Nezumi, she's like, fuck this. And he just pulls out a gun and shoots. But Nojiko happens to step in the way of the bullet and Nami. And thankfully, Nojiko is not dead, uh, unfortunately. Like her mother. She's, well, unfortunate that her mother died. It is fortunate that Nojiko is still alive. But it still hits Nojiko in the shoulder. And that is what I meant. And actually, I think it was the previous episode where I was talking about sometimes you get hit by a bullet in one piece, and you're fine. And the other times you get like absolute capped and you're just out. So that is, uh, as the One Piece world. But, uh, yeah. And they're just like, what the hell? And they just, they're like, you know, screw this. And they stop obviously tending to the Marines there. And they just take Nojiku to the doctor, Mr. Nako. He tells the rest of the villagers, he's like, yeah, Arlong pretty much had us pinned from the beginning. He never intended on keeping the promise to Nami. But then, fucking. Luffy, who's just been chilling on a tree in the village the whole time, I guess up he's like, oh, there's Nami in, like, from far away, like, the most clueless ever, as, like, Nojiko has, like, the bullet wound in her arm, and they're just like, what the fuck are we gonna do? Luffy walks over, he's like, Nami, do you need help with anything? And she's like, what the fuck do you want? Just leave already. And then she just, like, pushes him away and then starts running off towards Arlong Park. <sighs> and then Luffy just being seemingly dense as ever is, like, "What's her problem i like, what the fuck? Eventually we see Nami finally catch up and once she gets to Arlong she's like, what the hell? You never intended to keep your promise, did you? And then he does admit it but as he grabs Nami by the face, he's like, when did I technically ever break my promise? It's a shame the Marines are stealing from you, but name me when I broke my promise. And it's just one of those bad evil villain type moves where it's like, yeah, no shit, he didn't break his promise in words, but he's still, you know, he's playing the promise against her. It's like, you know, there's not a difference there at that point. You're just taking advantage of someone who's weaker than you It's kind of the situation. He's like, Nami, tell me, tell me when I broke the promise. Tell me what I did wrong. Regardless, you know, she, she obviously knows what she's just like angry and frustrated and she just feels so powerless. And it's just like... You know what, Nami? Like, you can only just save up and work it off again. But if you're trying to run away, I'll kill all the villagers. So regardless, he has her under his services. Because you know, before she showed up too, he was laughing with his crew. He's like, "Why would I get rid of Nami? You know, like I'd be too foolish to get rid of a navigator like her. Like, well, I might as well just hold on until she, you know, maps out all the seas in the world. Then we'll let her go." And they're all just laughing because they're like, "Oh, that'll take years." He seemingly has her all locked up, all tied up. As Nami finally starts to run back, you swap back to the the, the people in the village, all the citizens, and they're like, no, we're fucking tired of this. We waited for Nami. We did our best. We supported everyone. We're still here. But what else is there to do? We have to stand up for ourselves and try and break free from this. But Nami finally catches up. She's like, no, stop. You guys, like, I won't let you do this. Not only does she pull out a knife, but she shows up with a very awkwardly smiling face, and she's just like, guys, it'll be fine. Like, I'll just build up the money again and everything will be okay. Like, just please, just don't worry. But as she's doing that, Genzo puts a stop to the knife and tries to give her a hug as well. he's just like, Nami, get out of the way. It's time. We appreciate you that you've helped us, but like now we have to stand up too. And he takes a big stand for that. And Nami's just like, she can't, can't do anything. And they just go and all the villagers go to Arlong Park on their own. And Nami is, for a moment, finally alone and desperate. And she starts to grab the Arlong tattoo that's on her shoulder. And it looks like she's about to scratch it off and get mad. And then she sort of takes the knife in her hand, the, the dagger she had, and she starts to cut at the tattoo. You know, like She just doesn't want it anymore. And she to, after two or three cuts, Luffy, who's still been kind of standing by the whole time, st- stops her hand. And she's like, why are you still here? He just doesn't move at all. But Nami finally, like, broken all the way down and just desperate for help. He's like, Luffy, please, can you help me? So Luffy, you know, takes in what's going on. But he takes off his hat. And he passes it over to her. And as he turns around and walks away, he screams up to the sky. He's like, of course I'll help you. And as he starts to walk away... Nami remembers back from all the way back when they were fighting Buggy when Luffy's hat was, you know, in danger by, I think it was the uh, the, the unicycle guy with the knives whose name I am not recalling. But uh, when he was stabbing at Luffy's hat... I- Kabaji. That one. I know it wasn't Lionel Rishi, but um, that would have been funny if it was. Uh, but yes, when Luffy's hat gets damaged uh, back then and in other times too... She very vividly remembers him saying, like, this is my treasure. Don't touch it. So it really sinks into her. He's like, wait, like, Luffy left this with me. So it's it's kind of like his taking off the gloves moment. This moment happens where probably, like, one of my really, like, top-tier favorite early moments in the show where the rest of the crew is finally caught up, and they're just kind of waiting for Luffy, and then he starts to walk away towards Arlong, and he's just like, yo, let's go. Then you pan away as the music starts to build up. You see, the villagers have finally reached Arlong Park. But at the gate, Johnny and Yasaku are just like, yo, y'all gotta stop. Like, we heard about the story. We heard about the bullshit that Nami's been through. Like, just wait. Just hold on. Like, you guys don't have to do this. Don't throw it away just yet. And they're like, no, what the fuck? Like, we wanna go take these guys down. We're taking our last stand. Like, we we know the truth about everything. We know Arlong tried to screw this over. Johnny and Yasaku are like, nah, nah, just wait. Like, we get where you guys are coming from, but. You know you guys can't take Arlong down, and it's just gonna be a fruitless effort. They're like, don't worry, the people who are capable of defeating Arlong are gonna come, and they're on their way. And then as this is happening, you see the four Luffy, Soro, Zanji, uh, Usopp are walking up in this very, I would say, almost like good, the bad, and the ugly. Very just like walking to the showdown, kind of march as they're coming to Arlong Park. And then Johnny's gets up and he just tells the village, he's like, look, remember the faces of all these weirdos. these ones can defeat Arlong, then no one can. So, like, remember the faces of these heroes that are going to change the future. It's just very, like, early, strong moment, for sure. The scene itself is just very good. This was, like, a very early moment in the show that sold me really hard. uh, It looks cool. I'll talk about it more after. But, yeah, as they're walking up, finally, Luffy's like, yo, get out of the way. And then Arlong is just laughing, talking about how, like, he also beat up John and Yosaku. And he's just like, what are all these fools doing coming out of the woodwork where they would Zoro and then like, eh, it doesn't even matter. They weren't even that strong. But all of a sudden there is a knock on the door in which you see two giant fish bang in the door to our Park. And the door just cracks down and there's a giant hole in the wall now. And then you finally see Luffy and he's like, which one of you is Arlong?" And then it cuts to a really solid to be continued. What do you guys think?
1: This is where all the action starts. Um, yeah, but this is just like a hell of an episode. Like, it's just so much to do. And that point you made, such an iconic moment, actually. It's just like, oh, man. And it's definitely got to make an impression on Nami, I feel like. So, but yeah, it was definitely a great episode. And we're back to some more action.
0: I do like, in this episode, that exact moment where nezumi's talking about oh there's like a hundred million berries somewhere around here you got to find it and that's what tips off wait a minute how the fuck does he know the exact number he's working with Arlong. i like that moment where they just like realize oh we've been completely fucked since the beginning this has all been pointless and you know that's what causes nami to break and i do like kind of just that i don't know if like is the right word i Just that whole character spiral, I guess, for Nami in this episode between her confidence and, like, okay, I've got all my money, things are good, to, oh, the Marines are here, to, oh, we've been fucked this entire time by this fish man, just string us along. And you just see that spiral continue and continue until she keeps stabbing stabbing and stabbing and stabbing and stabbing her arm with the tattoo until she finally just gives in and opens up to Luffy. She makes, you know, that one last attempt to get him to leave. And she's just like, please help me. And then, you know, he does it. Yeah. It's kind of rough. It's kind of, it's a rough
1: time. It's a rough time, but don't worry. Help is on the way. Help is definitely on the way, which brings us to episode 38. Luffy in big trouble. Fishmen versus the Luffy pirates. Focus back on Nami. She's still crying on the ground in Kokoyashi village. It's a it's a real bad time. Real rough time for Nami. Uh she just had her dreams taken away basically. I mean it's just an awful time. I could not imagine honestly. Luffy and Sanji kind of come along and they uh Beat some fishmen on the way towards Arlong. And at this point, only Arlong and his lieutenants are at full fighting force. There they are, seeing Usopp. The Fishman pirates are like, Yo, this guy's still alive. So Nami was a traitor after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're really irritated about it. Like, oh, how could Nami betray us? At this point, the strangers outside the gate are like, Yo, this is kind of shocking. Like, why are these strangers just fighting for us? Like, we need to go help them and stuff like that. Johnny and Yosaku, who are kind of blocking the uh, the villagers from getting in and kind of making a disturbance, just said that the reason that they started fighting was because Nami was crying, and that gave them enough reason to get involved and to take on Arlong and beat his ass. And so I was like, okay, well. There they go. So next thing you know, Hachan, the octopus guy, who's like, you can't defeat me. Ah, 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 ah. Watch as my sea creature comes along and destroys you all. Momo Boom. Here comes this lump in the ocean and it's like traveling. The speed of light looks like, phew. And it's coming straight towards our long parking. I go, oh man, this doesn't look good. Usopp, in the meanwhile, is freaking out. Literally freaking out. He's like, it's a sea creature. It's going to eat us. We're going to die. We see Momu. And it shows up and it's got this big old lump on the middle of its head. It's kind of upset. Until it sees uh, Luffy and Sanji. And he's like, oh shit, I remember these people. I got my ass busted by them. I'm not going to fight them anymore. And he's like, oh. And... He's like, okay, well, I'm just going to get up and leave out of here. And then Arlong's like, so, Momu, you want to just run away? Well, fine. So be it. But you know what? I know you can beat them. Are you not angry enough? At this point, Momu gets very, very, very upset. And seeing that Momu's going to now attack, Luffy just kind of just comes along and it's like, well, I'm going to take a stand here. And he plants his feet on the ground, or literally through the ground, through the concrete. And this man winds himself up. And when I say winds himself up, his body then starts to look like a spring. It's so wound tight. He uh, grabs Momu by the shoulders, I guess, because I don't think Momu has shoulders. By its shoulders, air quotes. And he's like, Gamu Gamu no pinwheel. He does this pinwheel action, like on uh, uh, Genzo's hat. That's kind of the inspiration behind this new tactic. In picking up Momu, he's taking out some of Arlong's nasty guys as well. He's taking them for a ride, and they're spinning around, spinning around, and going at it, going at it, going at it. just throws them way out there, and uh, there goes Momu flying through the air. At this point, the villagers are completely stunned that Luffy was able to do this. Like, what is this man doing? Like, the strength he has. This man can tear up everybody. They're, like, shocked. They're like, oh, man, holy cow. But that serves up all of uh, Arlong's goons. However, we find that Luffy is stuck in the concrete, unfortunately. Okay, we need to do something. So Arlong's lieutenants, Chu, Hachan, and Kurobi. They're like, okay, we're gonna stop Zoro and Usopp and Sanji. Hachan sprays ink at the crew. Mostly just ends up spraying Luffy. And he's like all covered in in squid ink and whatever. Hachan's like, ah, ha, ha ha. And he picks up like this wall or this ground like thing. And he's holding it over Luffy like he's gonna. Bash him on the head. Here comes Sanji out of nowhere. And manages to kick the wall. Hachan is going to use. And smashes it right in half. Sanji is now kind of. Fighting with Kurobi. Trying to keep him at bay as well. Here comes Usopp. Right in. Save the day. Our man Usopp. Nobody can beat him. He picks up Luffy trying to free him. And seeing that Hachan is like. Oh, I got to stop these guys. Zoro is like, ah, you're not going to get by me ever. Here, Usopp is trying to run away with Luffy, trying to get him away. And in doing so, what happens is that Luffy is so stuck that as Usopp is trying to run away, he's literally stretching out Luffy and it's like literally just taking him along for the ride. Usopp accidentally lets Luffy go. So this man snaps back like a rubber band and hits Chu and sends him flying. At this point, Chu is pretty pissed off as well. Usopp then starts running away and Chu starts following after. You see Chu's near the villagers and Usopp just lets a flaming little ball go towards uh, Chu and him straight in the face. and she was chasing after Usopp, like vehemently chasing after Usopp. And it's like, oh man, hopefully Usopp keeps away. And it's literally like a slapstick comedy, chasing after each other. And it's pretty comedic. Usopp is drawing further and further away from the crowd, like the village people and where all the action's going down by just taking random shots of him and stuff like that. Arlong gets up because he originally was down. I'm going to get you straw hat. And so he breaks off a chunk of concrete that Luffy's stuck in. And he's like, aha, we're going to play a little game. And that chunk of ground or concrete that Luffy is stuck in, he picks him up and he throws him into the ocean. It's like Luffy has cinder blocks on his feet. And he's literally sinking down to the ground. Zoro and Sanji are like, we got to go save him. And they kind of just try and dive in. Well, they don't really dive in. They're like, wait. That's what they want us to do, because they're fishmen, and they'll just beat us immediately. So you know what we gotta do? We gotta beat them on ground first, and then we'll go take care of Luffy. So at this point, Luffy is singing in the bottom of the ocean, and it's just Zoro and Sanji versus the two remaining fishmen lieutenants. Will they make it in time to save Luffy? Who's to say? But that there is the end of episode 38. Luffy in big trouble. Fishman versus the Luffy Pirates. So what y'all think? Pretty exciting, right? This man's going at it.
2: I think. I mean, obviously the action's picking up, but least nice I kind of see how the fights divide up. There's sometimes still a lot of slapstickish elements to fights and how they start off at first. At least, I mean, definitely with Luffy, you get to see how like he's kind of just almost, I would say, glad to be there, in a sense. But, I mean, then he does something really dumb. Like, okay, he does the whole pinwheel thing. You're like, oops, my dumb butt got, like, my feet stuck in the ground. And it's like, you know what? As weird as it is that he, like, just smashed his feet into the ground like that for a, a brace, at least there's some kind of punishment that goes along with it. Because it's like, you know what? He's not all-powerful yet. Like, he still makes dumb mistakes. And, I mean, he gets thrown into the ocean. Even Arlong is like... I mean, someone would drown anyway because they got a rock on your foot. But Luffy is also a uh, double fruit user, which means you know he's just going to sink anyway. But yeah, stuff's uh, getting pretty wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking to the um, the slop stickiness, definitely coming out mostly with Usopp. I mean, it it's with everyone. It's with the entire fucking show. But notably in this episode with Usopp, you know he's. He's running away, like oh fuck, oh fuck, he's gonna kill me! But as soon as he gets enough distance, he just like and fucking Chew is distracted, like wait a minute, these villagers have their weapons; they're trying to rebel against us. I got to take care of them, you know. Fucking exploding pellet to the face, and Usopp's just like, yeah, you thought it was me that easy, didn't you, fucker? And he's just like ah, laughing and shit, like oh, he's chasing after me, fuck, 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 and just like starts fucking knees to chest, running away from them, and the villagers like. That boy is very strange. He's cowardly one second and brave the next. So it's just... And that whole dynamic between them, and we'll get into it in a little bit, just uh, Usopp and Chew and just their weird uh, cat and mouse... Cat and, cat and fish game, I guess. Yeah. Fish and cat game, fish and mouse. Either way, there's a fish somewhere in there. It's just, it's just pretty funny, honestly. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, episode 39 Luffy submerged Zoro versus Hachon, the octopus. So, Zoro tries to get in close to Hachon. He's all friendly and shit still, even while he's trying to like have this fight with him. He's like, wait a minute. So, you're Roranar Zoro, the one that killed all my friends. And, you know, he's just getting in kind of like cheery and shit. Zoro tries to get close, but only cuts his hair. It's like, oh, god damn it. Why can't I get a cut in? Until he does get a solid cut in. But and this is this is a pretty big but, his injury starts to act up. Zoro cuts, you see Hachan bleeding. It won't be the last time in this episode. And Zoro is just like kind of doubling over in pain, just like hmm. So Hachan gets away from Zoro, creates a little bit of distance. As a defense, I guess, and you see Hachan using his suction pads to stick to a pillar literally right out of Zoro's reach directly going with the uh, slapstick that you're talking about because there's just like a solid beat or two of Zoro just staring up at Hachan before he's just like, wait a minute, come down here and fight me like a man, you fucking coward and you just see Zoro like, hey, get down here stop that (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, so that's happening and then Johnny and Yosaku start to notice, hey, wait a minute Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Johnny and Yusaku try to uh, think of a way to save Luffy. But, you know, Genzo says, No, you guys can barely walk. I'll save Luffy. And, you know, he's going off to go save Luffy. And Nojiko says, Wait a minute. I'm going to help you, too. They're they're trying to save my sister. I need to do something. Back with Zoro, you see he falls because his injuries are just like too much. Like, he's been pushing himself through the pain this entire time. And Johnny Osaku are like, oh man, we knew it. He's been faking being fine the entire time that we've been on this island. Cause you know, Zoro got completely fucking slashed by Hawkeye Mihawk, and most people would have died from that. Like, a slash from him was enough to destroy fucking Don Krieg's ship back on the Grand Line. That's some pretty fucking powerful stuff that Zoro still somehow finding his way to walk around with. Zoro falls and Hachan's like, yeah, I know this trick. You're not going to get me. Pretending to be dead. Zoro? Zoro? Oh, fuck. I think he's actually dead. And Sanji looks over like, what? And, you know, he gets fucking punched by Karubi using his fucking fishman karate. Sanji and Zoro, Luffy's would be saviors seem to be completely out of the fight. And Hachan is pretty disappointed that he doesn't get to show off his six blade technique, because he really wants to fight Zoro, swordsman to swordsman, kind of get that recognition, that acclaim from beating Zoro. So, in a little temper tantrum, kind of, he uses his six blades and he causes a mini whirlwind just from the spinning from that. And after that, Zoro just uses all of his energy to force himself to his feet to try to continue the fight. Then we cut back to Usopp, who is still running away, and Chu is still trailing him. Usopp's just running and running, and Chu, I believe, says something like, He's pretty fast for a human. I don't know how he's still going like this. And Usopp's like, Yeah, they'll never catch me. I'm fucking amazing. We cut back to Genzo and Nojuko, and they're on the seafloor. Genzo has like a sledgehammer and they're trying to bust Luffy free, trying to break open the fucking concrete sealed around his feet. They can't do it, but Genzo says, wait a minute, or thinks it rather. They're not actually speaking. I'm sure someone in this universe, like the fishmen, have the power to speak underwater, but these two are humans. They do not. yeah, so Genzo's like, I have an idea. We cut back to Sanji and you see... Him just laying on the ground, seemingly out, but you just keep hearing this, like, ruffling sound, like something's, like someone was searching for something. And then you slowly see Sanji moving a cigarette to his mouth, and he takes a drag of the cigarette, even though it doesn't... I don't think I saw him light the cigarette, but somehow he's able to just, like, get a good puff or two out of it first. Sanji's taking drag, he's on the ground. Zoro's getting ready to fight Hachan again, pushing himself through his fever and his injury. And the doctor from Kokiashi Village is like, if he gets, like, his wound reopened, if he gets cut, he's probably going to die. Zora's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I can do this. Oh, 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 no, wait a minute. No, yeah, 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 I got this. So Hachan's going in to kill him. zora has got one fucking sword to Hachan's six. And he's like, Johnny, Yosaku, throw me your swords. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, man. And they just like literally lob them and they're spinning and spinning. And it had been, I know that he, it's been a while since I'd seen these episodes in the four kids stuff, very long time. So I kind of thought like, oh fuck, are they just going to like stab him and make this worse by throwing the swords at him? Turns out that is not what happens because Zoro catches the swords and immediately moves into his Santoryu style and he just like spins on his heels or something and managed to get, a few more cuts on. No, he d- I don't think he cuts them immediately. He counters Hachan's six blades at that time. And then I think he gets like some cuts on like the tentacle hands, basically. And Hachan's going, Six swords beats three. There's no way you can beat me. And Zoro's like, Well, I was never any good at math. Completely disregards the fact that he's doubled in terms of swords to use. Because in Zoro's mind, it's all about the skill. And he's going to prove that he has the skill. Hachon manages to get a good hit on Zoro that launches him up in the air. And you see him just like sailing up. And Hachon in that moment spins his tentacles so that they create kind of like that whirlwind scenario again. It doesn't actually make the whirlwind at that point, but you see Zoro slowly coming down to what should be his spinning sword death. And somehow, Zoro manages to counter it again. Just meets every sword with his three swords. Pretty much just cutting that shit. He gets a lot of solid slashes on uh, Hachan's body. And Zoro's saying stuff like, My goal in life is to be the greatest swordsman in the world. So there's one man that I still have to beat. Until I beat that man... No one, not even death, will stop me. So Hachan goes in for one last attack. And Zoro uses his dragon twister to turn Hachan into calamari, basically. just He cuts him all up over the body with a spin. Sends him flying. And we cut away to Nami for a little bit. You see her back at her house. She is patching up her wound, psyching herself up. You know, I'm not going to be helpless. I can do stuff. I can do it. And... We're back at Arlong Park after that. You see Kurobi, pretty pissed to see that his fellow fishman's been taken out by a fucking human. So he goes in to kill Zoro for revenge and gets a kick to the... Well, I think Kurobi manages to block it, but Sanji stops him. Like, no, no, your fight's with me. And Zoro's, like, using whatever strength he has left. His injury from Mihawk has opened back up again but he's crawling back to the water's edge in order to save Luffy. And Sanji's like, why the fuck are you doing that? I've got to save him. Just keep fighting. You know, if you actually paid attention, you would have noticed... This is what Sanji is saying. If you actually paid attention, you would have noticed that I'd be doing this. And Sanji, with his enemy still fully capable of fighting, dives into the water to try to find Luffy and save him. Even though Zoro continued to say... They want us to fight them in the water. If we fight them in the water, we're dead because they're going to outpace us immensely. So Sanji is swimming and swimming, and he sees Genzo and Nojiko. And he says, oh, those are the people from the village. And he sees Luffy, and he notices that the pair have stretched Luffy's neck from where it was on, you know, the normal placement on his body, all the way up to dry land. So his head is above water. And they're trying to perform CPR so that Luffy will start breathing again because they can't break the rock by themselves. So as long as we can get his head above, he won't, like, actually drown if he's able to breathe. That is their idea. So Sanji's like, oh, cool. Maybe we can try to break this rock. And then he's fucking elbowed from behind at, like, the neck by Kurobi with his fishman karate that he's really proud of. We do one last quick cut to Usopp, and you see Usopp just running for his life, thinking, oh, God damn it! why is he still following me? And that is the end of, what is this, episode 39? Let me say that again. That is the end of episode 39. Do you guys have any thoughts? It's getting more packed. It's
1: getting more exciting. We're about to hit a climax, I tell you.
2: So get up for it. The first major appearance you see of Fishman Karate. Put that in your pocket for later. Besides that, yeah, more more pick up to what's going on in the conflict. You definitely get more of a... Zoro obviously will get many moments, but you get to see one of his earlier moments of just enduring through his pain, which is how he grows, more or less. You get to see the interaction between everyone else. I like that it puts Luffy in kind of a dramatic situation, because it kind of just shows how sometimes his carelessness puts him in very life-threatening uh, positions sometimes. So it's kind of a question of, like, does he learn from it or does he just stay like that? Who knows? I guess we'll find out. But yeah, well, another another fun one.
0: So that is everything that we have for this episode of The Reluctant Cruise. What do you have to plug?
1: Okay, so I have the usual Twitter things, which is at Steve Horniak. Um, that's for my Twitter, basically my name. Come give a follow for... Uh, exciting things and whatnot. Uh, Also this week, I would like to bring up something a little more serious in the world that's happening right now, such as the crisis that's going on in uh, Artsakh, which is basically where Azerbaijan, the country, is invading this Republic of Artsakh, and they're taking over and basically committing crimes against humanity. And war crimes and basically going to war, and Armenia is taking over. However, Azerbaijan is um, backed by Turkey and by other Middle East powers. And so, pray for Artsakh. Go out there, donate to the Armenia Fund, spread it around. Artsakh needs our help. So, please be uh, wary of that and conscious of that. And yeah, that's about all I have to plug.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, Now that we upgraded our hosting for the podcast, I can do longer episode descriptions and actually put in more links to stuff. So I'll definitely throw in some links to that to the episode that we release in a few days. Yay.
2: Guess for me, my things to plug are my Twitter, sometimes serious, most of the time not, is at Roblink, R-A-W-B-L-I-N-K, and I sometimes stream games on Twitch. At least once a week. Uh, right now, probably just once a week because I'm busy with some things and some study But But uh, yeah, so up with those for some good times.
0: You can find me on most social media platforms with the username at El Tupacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at cruise. You can email us at ReluctantCruise at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Cruise Podcast. It'd really help if you guys would rate and review. You know, it helps, especially with new podcasts, because we're pretty much not an established presence. You know, we're not like part of a podcast network or celebrities or anything. So ratings and reviews definitely help to boost our numbers for algorithms. I can't talk into right now for some reason. It might be the Canada Dry Bold plus alcohol. But yeah, ratings and reviews definitely help to spread the word spread our podcast especially on stuff like apple podcasts to uh get us more listeners and we'd really appreciate it all that being said we're still having fun and we hope you have fun on this cruise too oh yeah see you next time Recording now.
1: Everybody, repeat, Cobra. I'm recording right now. You need me. You need me. Need me. Need me. Cobra's a goat.
0: Billy Goat Tavern in Chicago. The
1: hell is a Billy Goat? Hell's a
2: tavern. It's under the freeway, and then they say we only give you this thing, not this thing.
0: It's a place where you go and say cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Too bad I'll never go. Well, well, you went. You had the opportunity.
1: Well, yeah. It's kind of hard, especially when you're stuck with a group. Right
2: now, yes. Cause...
0: That's why I left the group and just went by myself until I magically end up with Edwin anyways.
2: That's not why you left the group. Of.
0: That is that is a big part of the reason why I left the group. When, when we're traveling, I do prefer to like actually make use of our travel time, which is part of the thing because everyone's just like, Let's wait here and wait here and wait here. And it's like, okay, this is... Especially with this last trip where we cut off like two-thirds of the time that we used to have.
2: You guys can't hear that helicopter hovering, can you, or can you?
0: No, not right now. Is it a riot because of that terrible loss?
2: No, not yet. I think I just live in that part of town. So for those who don't know what's going on, we're just we're poking fun at a loss that the Dodgers just had in the 2020 World Series, which it's Game Four, and they had a pretty, no matter which team we're going for, a pretty uh, picturesque choke at the end. It's pretty funny. They've got three more games to go on either side, so it's anybody's game. But
0: we haven't technically started, but I feel like I. Can just throw that in there and just leave it. People want yeah.
2: to know what time we're at.
0: Canada dry
1: bold.